You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, welcome back to Dr. Lowe's show. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. Thank you so much for joining me. So good to have you. It has been a busy time. We've been hustling and getting Shine up and going, Shine virtual. It's been um, actually really fun. So if you are not aware of the update, my clinic, which was a brick and mortar practice for gosh, years and years, we've now gone virtual, which is something I've wanted to do for a really long time because I wanted to be able to focus a lot more on the podcast, on being able to really reach a lot more of you guys. And it's given me the time to do that. And I'm so excited. I'm so grateful for that. So, but it's been, it's been a hustle. kind of reminds me of like when I opened shine originally, it's like, it's, but it's also kind of giving me like some fire under my butt, which I've really been enjoying. So sometimes challenges can be um, kind of invigorating like that. And I've been, I've been flowing with it. So good things happening. A very exciting um, change that we've now brought in is um, we are offering lab testing for people to order on their own. So let's say you've been listening to this show and you're really interested in maybe checking to see if you have leaky gut, or maybe you want to just run a micronutrient test and see if you have any specific deficiencies, or maybe you want to see if you have a gluten sensitivity. You don't have to do the whole patient route and sign up for a whole patient appointment and go through all of that stuff. You can just take that into your own hands and check yourself. So check yourself. <laughs> so if you guys wanted to do that, you just head over to shinenaturalmedicine.com. That's my clinic. Um, website and you can just go ahead and purchase the kits yourself and then you get the results that send that are sent directly to you and it just skips the middle person which is me now if you wanted to have me take a look at things and and you know decide which labs that um you know that should be run for you i'm happy to work with you we can set up an appointment and we can go that route as well but it's not necessary if you just want to get that information so again go over to shinenaturalmedicine.com and you can get whichever test kit you want. It's pretty amazing. So um, another very exciting announcement, we are now selling products on the Shine website. So I have handpicked different supplements that I wanted to bring into our store because I'm just crazy about quality. I've just learned too much. Sometimes knowledge can be a burden. Can I get an amen? Like when you know so much, like you can't go back when I, and I don't mean that in a weird way when you know so much, but truly, I mean, the more I learn, the more I'm realizing it's just so important to have quality nutrients, quality, you know, forms of different vitamins. And so everything that I sell is, is handpicked and it's things that I use myself that I have my son take that I have my, my family take. So it's something I really believe in. So if you want to go onto the website, let's say you're looking for a multivitamin or you're looking for, you know, probiotic or, um, you know, magnesium, that kind of stuff. We have all of the basics, basically all like probably the top 10, 
or probably the top 20 supplements that I prescribe for patients are on there. So you can also check that out. And let's see, before I jump in the show, I want to give some love to Paleo Valley, our show sponsor. Um, I absolutely love so many of their products. And again, I'm crazy about quality. So this is like one of the only uh, supplement companies that I've ever had as a sponsor because of that. So they're very, very clean. Um, I love all their products, but one in particular that I'll highlight is their organic super greens. So on this episode, we're talking about, um, we're basically talking about genetic testing and you know, historically we, we kind of think about genetics as like, you're just born with what you have and that's it. You can't really change that. And we know that that's not true. We know that there's a whole field of epigenetics of nutrigenomics, and this is their fancy words that basically mean that you can dictate what your genes do. You can turn on good genes. You can turn off bad genes and we can do that with nutrition. And so there's really nothing more nutritious than having a really good quality greens powder. So this one I love because it has Whole foods, it is actually free of grasses. So it's not wheat grass, and that can be kind of irritating to the gut, especially if there's leaky gut going on. So it has organic kale, organic broccoli, spirulina, spinach, organic, all of it's organic. I'm just dropping the organic because it, you know, I don't want to be a broken record. Kale sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, collard greens, parsley, broccoli sprouts, turmeric, acerola cherry, carrot, ginger, lemon, organic, all the different fruits. So strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, beets tart cherry, elderberry, elderberry, cranberry, and it's sweetened with organic monk fruit. So it doesn't have like a weird stevia taste. It's super good. So you just do a spoonful. You can mix it up in water. You can put it into a smoothie and it's just really, really tasty. I love the taste of it. It's my favorite greens powder I've ever used ever. And that's saying a lot because I've used a lot of them. So if you want to get that, you can get a discount 15% off if you enter Dr. Lowe. So D-R-L-O at checkout. And that's over at paleovalley.com. So you just do Dr. Lowe and you get your discount. All right, my friends, let's jump into the show. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm excited for this topic. I am amazed that with all the episodes I've done on this show, I don't think I've ever done an episode on genetic testing, um, which is really weird because I do genetic test a lot of my patients, um, but I just never felt like I had a good guest to talk about it. I didn't really feel like I was confident about that. So I, I'm excited about it now. I feel like I have a great guest to talk about this topic. So we have Dr. Yael Jaffe, and uh, she's the co-founder and chief science officer at 3X4 Genetics. She has 20 years of experience in nutrition, genetics, sound research, and clinical practice. And she is an adjunct professor teaching nutrigenomics, which we'll get into what the heck that is, at Rutgers University and MUIH, a published author and was part of the team that created the first nutrigenomic test, genetic test in 2000. And she's on a mission to create the future of personalized nutrition and improving the quality of life for billions of people, because Lord knows we need it. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome. Brilliant. Thanks, Dr. Lowe. Very happy to be here. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you. I know I got to nerd out with you a little bit off air about what it is you're doing. I got to see a sample report of uh, the genetic, you know, report that you give for, for clients, for patients. It's pretty amazing. Um, just the extensiveness of it, just how thorough it is. And also beyond that, it's not complicated and confusing because that's what I was running into as a practitioner with genetic testing is the reports are just so complicated. And we'll get into a lot of the reasons why you don't want to, you know, 
kind of single out one gene and look, you want to look at the whole picture. So we'll get more into that. But before we do that, I want to just know a little bit more about you. Why are you into this? Why is this a focus that you have with your career? Yeah, that's, so that goes back a couple of decades. I am, I actually started out in architecture. So I was not one of those who were like into science or into nutrition or into biology and um, didn't even do science at school actually. And then my, my grandmother died from uh, GI cancer, from cancer, and it was devastating to me. I was, I was really, really close to her. Mm. And this is, um, when is this? This is like the 19, late 1980s, and it was just horrible. Like, no one could give me answers about why she got the cancer, what we could have done to prevent it, or how we could have helped her more during her journey. It was just such an awful time for me. So I actually left architecture and went seeking this profession in um, health you know I wanted to study health and the weirdest thing is at that time trying to find a degree in health now your degree actually is probably what I was looking for which is naturopathy mm -hmm. but didn't exist in South Africa in the late 1980s so I landed up um, doing dietetics becoming a dietitian which is the closest I could get mm -hmm. and that was also horrible so that was just like <laughs> that was just horrible it was like this is not health yeah. like you're telling me to give chocolate cake and ice cream to my patients in a hospital because it's got calories in. Like I'm not in the right place. So that was horrible. I spent three, about five years doing a degree I didn't really want, but nonetheless, I did become a dietitian. And then, and then it was like, okay, well, I still don't have any answers. So I need to keep on looking. And I landed up working in um, London in a, in a clinic in Harley Street and met this extraordinary geneticist, Rosalind Gilgarrison, who had this dream and this vision of nutrition and genetics and I was like I don't know what you're talking about like what's the connection between nutrition and genetics like right right how I, the I'm heck could that be connected yeah, yeah I'm a dietitian mm. I went to university for five years no one ever told me genetics and nutrition but um it was a it was a really good time for me to meet her I was very brave and young and all I had was a backpack and nothing to lose um and so I actually was lucky enough to start working with Roslyn. And we together built the first nutrigenomic test. And we'll talk a little bit about what nutrigenomics is because that kind of helps. Um, and I landed up staying, staying with this company, so owner for seven years, moved to uh, Boulder, Colorado to, to work with Saona. But a couple of years in, I was so frustrated because Roslyn got to do like the really cool stuff, which is the genetics. And I got to do like the diet recommendations. And I was like, I don't want to do diet recommendations. I want to do <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want the sciencey stuff. I the cool stuff. So I went back to university. I did a PhD in genetics. Naturally, and I of course, you know, like two children, get married, get divorced, have you know, do a PhD. Kind of a busy time in my life, and um, and specialized in the field of nutrition genetics. And so I was just. It's been an extraordinary. It's been twenty two years now that I've been in this field. I was just lucky enough to be in the right place in the right time to have the kind of courage of my convictions that I was searching for answers for me genetics I had the sense even without the knowledge that genetics was going to deliver some of the answers I was looking for that I hadn't found yeah it has it really has and just you know it's been an incredible journey of work startup companies building genetic tests building education companies lots and lots of teaching of practitioners like yourself who don't learn this stuff at university 
and nothing's changed in 20 years. Still not learning this at university. Crazy. Um, <clears throat> um, and, you know, I opened a clinic to practice. So really just exploring every single facet of this relationship between nutrition and genetics and trying to improve every single way we can tap into that kind of potential of, of what our genes can tell us. Right, right. Oh, I love that. That's so good. So let's dive into this whole topic. I mean, you know, typically people tend to think of your genes are your genes. If your, you know, family has cancer and, the, you know, if that tends to run in the family, you're going to get that. If your, you know, father dropped dead at 52 from a heart attack, you're going to get that too. I mean, it's amazing what people believe coming into the appointments with me. And it's really about educating them that that's not really the case. So let's talk about kind of the misconceptions about your genes and the effects that we actually can have on them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because it, it's one of the things that has really come through in the science of the last um, like 10, 20 years, which is people always thought this was like my destiny, you know, that if I, if I right. inherited, I inherited, there was nothing I can do. And we know that is absolutely not true. Right. So I'm going to go back, take back a step, because I think, you know, this, this word nutrigenomics and nutrition genetics, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page and we understand it. And then we'll talk about why there is so much we can do to change, to change what we inherited. So the first thing is, let's, let's go back to basics. So genetics is like a language. It's a sequence of letters, A-T-G-C, and it's like the language of who we are. Like English has 26 letters. We have four letters that describe who we are. And there are like three to four billion of these letters in our DNA. But at 99.9%, we are identical in these letters that we have in our sequence. But at 0.1%, we're different from each other. Wow. That means that at three to four million places in our DNA sequence, we have a different letter. So I don't like the word mutation because mutation is so negative and this is not something that's gone wrong actually right this it's just, just different mutation, right yeah who who are we why are we different from each other mm -hmm. and and more importantly these differences don't just determine the color of our hair and the color of our eyes and how tall we are they determine how we respond to the world around us how we respond to the food we eat to the calories we consume, to the exercise we do, to the stress we encounter, the trauma that happens to us, we all respond differently. And no one needs to be a PhD to know that. Everyone knows they respond differently to the person sitting next to them, to their sister, to their brother, to their best friend, even to their children. Mm -hmm. So it's these spelling changes that determine why we are different and why we respond differently. Mm -hmm. Now we like flip the conversation and say, if we can understand where we're different from each other and how we respond to the world around us, how we respond to the coffee that we drink, I call them the macro decisions we make, the coffee we drink, the meditation we do or don't do, the exercise we do or don't do, you know, the vegetables yeah. we eat, the kind of quality of food we eat. If we can understand how we respond to those decisions, we can then start making better decisions that are based truly on what we are and not on some general guideline that was put forward by a government in like 
you know, like right. everyone needs to have X amount of fat and X amount of calories. Mm-hmm. It's yep. nonsense. We're completely different from each other. And, and we can talk a little bit about weight and how like weight is, is something everyone can relate to and is the most beautiful example of how we're different from each other. So we can come back to that. So, so part one of this conversation is what I call insight. Understand who you are and how you respond to the world around you. Mm-hmm. The second part of it, I call action. And action talks about switching genes on and off. So we have learned in the last decade that the most exciting thing about nutrition, and not just nutrition, it could be meditation, it could be an infrared sauna, it could be um, walking in nature, it could be swimming in cold water. We know that every decision that you make will switch on and switch off genes in your body. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes cool. that's good, right? Because we switch on genes that defend our body against toxins or against stress. But sometimes we switch on like inflammatory genes or sometimes we switch on, I'm trying to think of examples, like apoptosis genes that, that kill cells. Like, or we switch on genes that affect how we manage cancer cells. So we want to understand what are the best decisions we can make mm-hmm. to switch on the genes that are going to protect our body. Because when we switch on genes that protect our body, it's way more powerful than taking like a dose of vitamin C supplement. Not that supplements aren't useful, but supplements are particularly useful when we understand how they're going to switch on a switch of genes. Right. So the whole story is insight, know who you are, action, be able to personalize, and this is something that you would obviously do with your patients, personalize the treatment so that you're actually speaking specifically to what they need to optimize their health. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. So, so I'm clear the term, so epigenetics is above the gene, right? So that's actions and things you can do to affect the gene, but nutrigenomics specifically is nutrition and how that affects the gene, right? So the way I describe it is genetics versus genomics. So we talk about, um, so, so we talk about nutrigenomics or genomics as being your code, your sequence. Mm-hmm. That's the insight. That's where those spelling changes are. And epigenetics, exactly what you said, it's ab- above the genes. Try not use the word. It's such a confusing word. Yeah. And, and the reality of epigenetics, <clears throat> actually, it's just the choices you're making. Yeah. So epigenetics is the food we eat, the environment we live in, the exercise we do, everything that I described. And, yeah. and really, what is that? It's the choices you're making every minute out of every day. Right. And those choices will switch on and switch up genes. And that's the science of epigenetics. Yeah, that makes sense. I like the term epigenetics because epi is above. And I love, I think of like a puppet master, like you literally are above your genes and you're kind of like directing them and what they're going to do. And, you know, it's good and bad news for people because you have a responsibility in it. So that's the good news. That's also the bad news. You have a responsibility in it, right? So <laughs> and responsibility doesn't go away, right? Because your genetic code, your sequence doesn't change in your lifetime. So you do a genetic test once and you gain insight, but they don't change. And when you make a diet choice and decide to eat lots of lovely vegetables every day to switch on these beautiful defense genes, you're not changing the sequence of your genes. You're only changing the way your genes behave. But whether you're 10 or 20 or 40 or 60 or 80, those genes still need to be switched on, which means 
it's not a it's not a luxury you have to make bad choices you right. need to understand this is this is who you are exactly super cool I wrote down just some little ideas I love what you talked about that you don't like the term mutations I don't like it either I think I want to ban that from my vocabulary I like the word that popped up is individualities isn't that cool these are all individualities and (laughs) it's like we're all just these individuals and it affects the way that our body you know does certain things and it doesn't mean it's wrong right or wrong it's just different there's no value judgment exactly and that's why I I use like gene variants I use SNPs I use polymorphism but I also you can use my term. It's okay. You can say but, it individually. Okay. I'll, I will credit you with your term. I think it's your term. But the reason we don't use mutations is because it's a value judgment. And, right. and it isn't these gene variants, these changes in our DNA are not good or bad. They're evolutionary. Right. And they, exactly. They're just informative. They just teach us about who we are. And the choices we make will determine um, the outcome, but not yep. the spinning changes itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I imagine also like a control panel. It's like you're directing this plane and the control panel, which switches you turn on and off determines which way the, the plane goes, yep. you know, and it's just really cool. It's very empowering when you get that information and you're given also some tools of what to do about it. That's most important. So, so question about genetic testing. So how has that evolved over, you know, the last couple of decades? Yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing journey. You know, when I started in 2000, the biggest challenge, there was a huge challenge in lab testing. Mm. And we would pay like, a patient would pay like $200 to just to get the genes tested. And that would test like 20 genes. Mm-hmm. So we're at the point now, 20 years later, where we're paying like $70 to get 700,000 genes tested. Wow. So there has been an amazing leap in our ability to test. So the testing technology in laboratory has been amazing. But unfortunately, the caveat to that is that while just because we can test it doesn't mean we should test it. Mm -hmm. So what happened is as technology got better testing genes, genetic testing companies were saying, I'm going to test 500, I'm going to test 1,000, I'm going to test 20,000. And they were selling their genetic tests based on this quantity war of how many genes they could test because it was getting cheaper and cheaper. The problem with that is there are a lot of genes. There's like up to like 25,000. We're still not exactly sure how many. Wow. But And these spelling changes, three to four million. The reality is there are only a bunch of them. And by bunch, I mean like, 150 to 200 that I believe we know enough about Mm -hmm. to meaningfully and kind of defensively offer you guidance in the decisions you need to make. So Mm -hmm. there's a difference between testing something, which is just data and translating something, which is useful. Right. You've always got to be careful where companies are selling and making claims on how many they test it's usually a red flag for quantity over quality. Right, right. It's exactly what popped in my head. That's that's very important. So what are, you know, some, so is that like a big misconception then is just people, you know, think the more genes, the better. That's definitely one of the most industry yeah. is that more yeah. is better. And in fact, in genetics, it's the opposite. It's actually a red flag. And, and when you encounter companies, I, I give this one lecture where literally the whole lecture is, what are the questions to ask a genetic testing company before you do the test or before you use the test if you're a practitioner? 
And um, so understand, understand why they're doing the genetic test. So 23andMe is a perfect example. You know, 23andMe have done, they, they're like, I have a love-hate relationship with them because they've done an amazing job of bringing genetics into the consumer conversation. Like, we all know it. And I love what they've done in Ancestry. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And mastered, not just them, actually. Ancestry.com is even more successful than 23andMe. Um, yeah, but on the other hand, 23andMe did some damage because what they did was they 95 at least percent of 23andMe is ancestry testing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people think that they do ancestry and they're going to get health advice. Right. And they absolutely don't. And so there lands up being this underwhelming disappointment when someone does 23andMe and they think that genetics has failed them. But genetics hasn't failed them. 23andMe never set out to be a health company. They set out to be a data company. Mm. And the best way to collect data was through doing ancestry. And then they could do drug discovery. And I think the work they're doing in drug discovery is fantastic. But they're not a health company. That's so interesting. That makes a lot of sense. And it, and it especially with the way that the reports come out, it, it's not useful to a practitioner and it, you end up getting into some dangerous territory because if you see a practitioner that doesn't know what they're doing with interpreting it, then they give you some really um, kind of myopic recommendations that don't look at the whole picture and you can really screw up these pathways. So let's talk about pathways. Tell us about what that means. It's like the fun part we geek out on. <laughs> so, and I just have to say that most of my career, I was building genetic tests that would give, that would test a group of these what do we call them? Individual, individual individualities. Individualities. <laughs> we might come with something shorter. Yeah. Spilling, I'll call them spilling tables for today. <laughs> that that um, we would test for these like MTHFR and APOE and comp. These are the ones that land up in the in a Newsweek front cover. And um, and we would give a recommendation: eat this, do that, take the supplement. And I suddenly had an epiphany about four or five years ago that I had been doing it wrong, not just me, the whole industry had been doing it wrong. Because the thing about these spinning changes is that by themselves, they are not that powerful. They don't cause disease. There actually are some that cause disease, but that's tested by other companies. Those are very rare, very rare changes Mm -hmm. um, and that have a very powerful impact. But those you don't come across in, in... kind of day-to-days and we don't go near them. So the ones we test are actually very common and, but by themselves, they're not so powerful that they'll change something in your body. Mm -hmm. But what they do impact is what we call biochemistry and biochemistry is the chemistry of your body. It's how does your body work? It's really how your engine runs in your body. Mm -hmm. And we, um, so what we did is I went back to kind of basics and I thought, looked at the scientific literature and realized that the most powerful way to work with genes was to group them. And there had been a lot of scientific studies where they'd looked at diabetes and obesity and arthritis, and they grouped a whole lot of genes together. And they said, have people with this group of genes got a higher chance of having diabetes or don't they? And they, and they did. But the problem is my training comes from the world of functional medicine and integrated medicine. And I didn't want to have a conversation about disease. I wanted to understand why my grand got cancer, not that she got cancer. What was the thing that was happening in her body 20, 30, 40 years earlier that started moving her towards getting cancer? 
So what I've built is this concept of um, polygenic risk scores. So grouping genes together that are, have a common function, and it might be detoxification, it might be inflammation, it might be mood, anxiety, depression, it might be hormones. So we group them together and we build a score around them. So we mm -hmm. built two things. One is what we call pathway-based analysis, which is really grouping genes into pathways and scoring them. And then we built another methodology called Darwin. And Darwin, um, for me, answered the most important question is, which is how do you decide what gene to include in a genetic test? And most importantly, what gene to exclude from a genetic test? Right. Because what was happening in the industry is that when we spoke about this quantity versus quality is that if a company saw that there was scientific studies around it, uh, one of these spelling changes, these gene variants, they would include it in a test. And I was asking the question was like, just because the science has done in it doesn't mean that it's going to make, it's going to be useful to you with your patients. Right. The most important thing is clinical utility or clinical usefulness. And so answers the question, if I have this information about my patient, will I be able to make a better decision for them, a better treatment plan, right. intervention? Because if it doesn't change my thinking process, if it doesn't contribute to me making a different and better decision, yeah. then all I'm selling my patient is data. And right. even if it's only $20, you've wasted $20 because it's just data. So I set out to build Darwin and Darwin basically scores every single gene based on what we call scientific validity. How good is the science? Mm -hmm. How much does it matter? Basically, how much does it matter? Clinically, yeah. does it make any difference to your life? Yeah. And the gene scoring determines whether it can get into the test. And that's why we, we test 160 gene variants. That's all. And yeah, 148 results. But I stand by each and every one of them because I know that they passed the scoring. And there's some genes that you'll see in every other genetic test in the market. And I mean, like the lactose gene, every single genetic test in the market, and you won't see in mine. Right, right. It didn't pass. It passed that there was enough science and the science was good, but it didn't pass clinical usefulness because when we translated it into how it actually works in the body, it was... It wasn't a clear conversation. If you have this spelling change, you can't tolerate lactose. Right. It doesn't mean that. Exactly. It doesn't mean that. And yeah. yet every company is testing the lactose gene and telling you that if you have this spelling, you can't have dairy. And yeah. people come to me and say, but I just had like a double latte this morning and I'm absolutely fine. Right. <laughs> so, so those are some of the things that we've done differently is, is really trying to move the science forward. And the other thing I think which is really important for your patients and just for everyone is, you know, genetics is a, it's been done really badly. It's been done like Quest or LabCorp, you know, get a report, it's a PDF with a table and some text and maybe a few stars to show if there's impact or my favorite is the traffic light, you know, the, the, the red, yellow, green kind of thing. And we're yeah. like, come on, 20 Come on years. now. Yeah, we're not, we're not elementary school anymore. Exactly. Um, 
So um, there's so many avenues I could go down with this. I think it's really fascinating. I love the pathways. Um, I love, you know, with my patients, I do a lot of education. So I like to show them, you know, pictures and images of like, this is the, if you're kind of thinking of like, I don't know, like a, a wheel, what's getting in the way of this turning the right way, you know, what are, what are ways that things are getting kind of mucked up and how we can improve that. Let's talk about some of the most common ones like MTHFR. I'm sure you've talked about it to you're just nauseous, right? It's like, it's just seen as just this big, bad wolf. It's like the cholesterol of genes. You know, it's like, oh, you have this mutation, you're going to get all these diseases and people get this mutation and think that they're sick. I mean, I've seen this before where it's like, someone's fine and they get this, this result and they're like, oh, now I'm going to get cancer. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so not the case at all. So let's talk about, you know, just being stuck on one particular gene and, and be, you know, the importance of looking at it as a whole picture and how that actually translates into what you do day to day as a change. Yeah. So MTHR is a great example of what we did wrong in the industry. And I have, I have to say that I wasn't major part, but there were some companies in the industry over the last 10, 20 years who made MTHFR into this like industry. And they made a killing out of it too. Yeah, you know, and it's like large so much money. money. Yeah. And, and made people afraid wow. to buying all these different products. And one of yours, he comes from your profession. Yeah. Um, and what <laughs> they did anybody. is they, they took MTHFR and they put it on a pedestal. And they said, MTHFR does this, and you will get all these diseases. If you have this MTHFR defect mutation, right, 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 and, um, and and then if you want to prevent getting these these diseases, you need to take these fifteen different supplements, including these incredibly high doses of folate and B vitamins. But don't worry, because I'm going to build a company that's going to sell you those vitamins. Right, and you don't actually even have to. You can have the genetic test and get all the vitamins that you need for your defect. And so you had people, autism, ADHD, cancer, there wasn't a disease in the world that wasn't caused by this one gene variant. Right. So actually what it did was it set back the industry of nutrition genetics by about 10, 15 years, because it led us down the worst possible rabbit hole Interesting. that we're trying to climb out from now. Hmm. And what happened was people became so fixated with whether they had this MTH file, they were paying like $300 to get one gene tested and, and then paying large amounts of money for supplements. And the, the supplements they were using, ironically, or what we call, you, you all know this very well, methylated B vitamins or methylated folate. And the irony of it is that if you buy these fancy folate supplements, they bypass MTHFR. So it actually doesn't even matter if you have this, this gene variant in MTHFR. Wow. So what happened is they landed up with these huge doses of B vitamins, which caused terrible side effects. Mm -hmm. They landed up being overmethylated. Right. Somnia, restlessness, anxiety, like depression, like terrible side effects. So what did they do, these companies? They put out another protocol of supplements and said, if you're suffering from the side effects of the supplements that I sold you, you can take these supplements too. So it's been a, it's been terrible. I mean, I'm, as you can hear, I feel very passionately about this and yeah. I've been very outspoken about it. I'm surprised they haven't hunted me down. <laughs> and, and the reality is that MTHFR is a spinning change. It is one of, of many. Right. And yes, it does impact how we process methyl groups. But if you use methylated B vitamins, you can bypass it. It doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. So methylation is a complex pathway, as you know. They're like right. pathways. And MTHFR is only 
one enzyme. So what about all the others? So actually yesterday I was talking to a practitioner and she was telling me that she had a, a patient come in with MTHFR, MTHFR. And when she did her report with mine, her whole methylation profile, remember we grouping genes together, we grouping all the methylation genes together, actually came up as a medium and not as a high because she only had MTHFR spelling change, but all the other genes in her methylation cycles were actually working up to me. Right, like COMT, there's other exactly. ones that MTR, do methylation. MTR, yep. exactly. Right. So, and, and, and I have a, a personal story, like APOE is a gene that's associated with Alzheimer's. I got APOE, it. I got three, four. I also have three, four. And hey. I, have, I have a three, four and I have a family history of Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm, same. So I was convinced, like, I'm going to get Alzheimer's because I've got a three, four, I'm going to get Alzheimer's. Like, this is my journey. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's just, it's a gene variant to those that are listening that is associated. And I use that word. Right. Positive. Yeah. Right. It's just in people with Alzheimer's, we see the spelling change more commonly. That's the answer. So it was so interesting because all the years that I've been working in genetics, I've known that I had this E4. And I just was like, this is my journey. I'm probably going to get Alzheimer's in my 60s. Anyway, and then I did my own report. And we did a pathway around cognitive function. We, we have a pathway about, around memory and, and cognitive function and Alzheimer's. And APOE was one gene, just one. Remember, one spelling change, or right. actually two spelling changes of many. And when I got my results back, so we talk about follow the purple and, and you'll see that in the report you're looking at where purple is impact, not risk, but impact. And mine didn't come back as purple. I'm like, how can that be? My whole life, I've been wearing this APOE badge going, I'm going to get, and suddenly my genetics is saying, yes, you have three, four, but actually you have nothing else that's contributing to, to memory loss. So there's a really good chance you're not going to get Alzheimer's because you've only got one of many. Exactly, right. It's so and great. That's why pathways, grouping is the answer and not taking these genes like APOE and MTHFR, putting them on a pedestal and making them yeah. so when they're not, they are perhaps they just a spelling change. Yep, yep. Oh, so good. So who should get tested? In my opinion, I think everyone should, because I think, like you said, it's a one-time thing. You don't have to be sick to get your genes tested. That's the thing, right? You can get it tested and kind of see the cards you're dealt, and then you can figure out how to, how to play your cards throughout your life. Um, but what's your opinion on that? I would think you would agree with me probably. <laughs> yes, I would agree with you. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, so I'll break it down a bit more for you. On, I'll tell you who does get tested so that it's not my opinion. And I can actually tell you, what our experience is. So as you said, it's a, it's, it's a one-off thing. You do it once, right? Um, and we don't divide up. We don't say you have to choose if you want to buy the DNA fitness report or if right. you want to buy the oh, that drives me crazy. diet report or the oh. smiling report or the memory report or the brain yeah. report. Or the, That's such a selling thing. I it's such that. a, yeah, it's an upsell, right? So mm-hmm. every, you get everything in one report. You get absolutely everything. Cool. Now here's, here's, Here's why it's so important. So we have four categories that we see of people that are interested. So we'll start with what we, the optimal health. So I'm either just really interested in health and want to live to 120 and just want to do the best I possibly can for myself. 
and want to know what my best life looks like. Mm -hmm. Or I've got a family history of Alzheimer's or cancer or heart disease. And I want to make sure that I'm making the best decisions every single day to prevent getting Alzheimer's or cancer, et cetera. So we call that the optimal health category. Mm -hmm. The second category is around weight. So I did this kind of dietetics degree where I was taught that energy in, energy out. Like if I just eat these amount of calories and burn up this amount of energy, I'll lose weight. Mm -hmm. Absolute nonsense. nonsense, Right? Everyone gains weight and loses weight differently. So I was taught as a dietitian that when a patient came to me and didn't lose weight, when I'd given them this fantastic diet plan, they were either cheating or lying to me or didn't have self-control or had bigger portion sizes. But the reality is, is that is not true. That some of us will gain weight very, very easily and really battle to lose weight. And some of us can actually maintain a healthy weight very easily. And it's extraordinary how powerful genetics is in that conversation because genetics impacts not just how we burn up calories, it impacts how hungry we get, how full we get after eating. Mm -hmm. It impacts whether we're more likely to snack and binge food. It impacts how we um, store energy in our body, how we burn up energy, how we respond to exercise. Every facet of weight is impacted at least 50% by genetics. Wow. So suddenly when someone comes in and then we get this a lot and says, I've been on, I've been dieting my whole life. I've not been able to lose weight. I am at the end of my tether and I cannot understand why. And they take it as personal failure because they've been told that they're a failure. And when we look at the genes, we understand that remember that evolutionary wise, being able to gain weight quickly and hold on to weight is an evolutionary advantage when you are a hunter-gatherer on the plains of Africa. Mm-hmm. Now, where there's so many calories around us, it works against us. So th- this idea that there's some of us that are driven to eat, driven by appetite, driven to store is real. And if we understand that about our patients, the empathy of understanding who they are. I have had so many patients cry and they say, and the reason they're crying is they're saying, you're the first one who's listened to me and seen me for who I am and the suffering I've endured when told that if I just exercise more yeah. and eat less intermittent fasting, this, this paleo, keto, I'll lose weight. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very powerful place that we work. And then, okay. um, The third one would be sports nutrition. So a lot of athletes, we do a lot of work around fitness and sport, not only in the nutrition side, but what is the best exercise for me? How susceptible am I to injuries? How much recovery time do I need? And lastly, I've left it for last for a reason is around chronic disease. Mm -hmm. So often what happens is that patients would have gone to see multiple practitioners and then finally they come to you. And they're saying, you know, this person just wants to put me on HRT. They said that I must live with my hot flushes. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, and they, they, or they've been trying to fall pregnant and they just offered drugs Mm -hmm. and they come to you and say, like, I'm so desperate. I can't get out of bed in the morning. I've got chronic fatigue. I've got long haul COVID, whatever it may be. And, and you're going, okay, let's go right to root cause analysis. Let's understand 
why you're feeling yeah. what you are. And we do a genetic test to not give us all the answers, but to help us put the answers together. So that's the person who's kind of been like trial and erring everything and then comes to you. And we use genetics to gain insight into what is actually going on with this person. But there's some practitioners who use it proactively where they will not see a patient without a genetic test because they're saying, I cannot understand who you are and what is happening in your body to help address your health concern if I don't understand your genes. Right. And we call that like the genes first approach. I want to make the best decisions for you. I want to get the best functional test for you. So I want to choose other tests, but I don't want to waste your money. Mm -hmm. I want to make the best decisions around that. And I want to only give you the supplements that are going to do something for you. So right. It's really so good. Are- I want to jump in real quick on something with that. And, and um, doing the genetic test can really give a practitioner some direction to go. Uh, so let's say a patient has certain individualities and perhaps those specific ones can impair how say heavy metals are detoxed or maybe how mold is detoxed in the body or something like that. Right. So you can have two people in the same moldy house, one person, depending on their individualities may have a harder time. So knowing that is really important, right? So seeing a a practitioner who understands those differences, because you then can, you know, let's say you have two different patients then who have high heavy metals or high mold, one person has certain mutation individualities. Yes. (laughs) They'll heal differently. One person may get sick as they're being treated. If it's not done a certain way, the other person may handle it fantastically well, depending on their individuality. So it gets really advanced and kind of high level. If you guys listening are dealing with chronic disease, please, you know, work with someone who's going to guide you through that. I mean, any of those categories for sure, but especially you know, in those cases. So I just wanted to say that. I've seen that happen exactly as you said. And so um, yeah. we, when, when I had the clinic, we actually had a colleague. She was a, she's a brilliant um, physical therapist. Fit and strong and healthy, lives of facial, like, like unbelievable. And they had a geezer um, burst in their house and they had carpets in their house. And is, was, is that a pipe? Is that the same thing? For, um, as a it's pipe? like your hot water tank. That's okay. what it is. Oh, sorry. I thought that was the universe. No, I love, I love your word. <laughs> so it's like the thing, it's the big thing that heats your hot water in your house, Got right? It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and water spilled out and got into the carpets. And, I, and anyway, and they landed up being this explosion of mold in the house, which she didn't realize at the time. And they mm-hmm. didn't move out of the house. They replaced the carpets, but the damage already been done. Her and her husband and two, and two, they've got two kids all of them super healthy. They couldn't have lived a better lifestyle. And Kathy woke up one morning and couldn't get out of bed. She literally could not get, she went from running marathons to not getting out of bed. Crazy. Husband oh. was fine, kids were fine. She couldn't get out of bed. We had to send a taxi to help her. She couldn't drive. To put her in the taxi and bring her to the clinic because she couldn't even walk. Wow. Your whole body and her mitochondria and her energy systems completely shut down. And when we did her genetics, we found that her detoxification was very, very poor in terms of gene variants, in terms of these spelling changes. She was very poor at being able to clear toxins from the body. Mm -hmm. So when she got this huge hit of mold toxins, completely overwhelmed her body, shut down everything. And it took her 
six months to recover. She couldn't walk for like the first month. And she was living with her husband and kids. Husband and kids were fine. And and, and we saw it in her genes. Obviously, he moved out the house, did everything. But it's extraordinary. Like there's an example where genetics gave us the insight of what was happening, which enabled us obviously to do a lot of work with her I'm trying to switch on those detox genes. Right. I love that you said that because it's not like you got the results of the genetic test and it's like, oh man, you're screwed. You're just going to have a harder time detoxing. No, you can use that information and depending on the sluggish pathways and the ones that are too quick, you can work on slowing things down or speeding things up. So I love this. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm realizing as you're talking, I think we have to do a part two because I want to get this done for me. And I think it'd be so cool to go through the, the report. We can- uh-huh kind of show people what this looks like. And I don't want people, you know, I don't want you guys thinking this is like a, a commercial for, for, you know, doing this particular test. It's really just like showing you there's a better way to test for it. And I want to do it. So we should, we should do that. That sounds great. <laughs> then, then we can actually put it into practice. I yeah, mean. exactly. And show people, you know, these are yeah. nutritional changes that can be made lifestyle things. Um, so anyways, well, I love all of this. Um, is there anything you want to leave with us uh, before you go? I mean, we've covered an amazing amount and yeah, yeah, I think I just, I do want to say at the end, you know, that the one thing we're quite committed to is that um, finding the right practitioner to work with that genetics is not an answer in itself. You don't, you don't get all the answers just by sending off a cheek swab. It is a cheek swab. It's not blood. It's just rubbing the inside of your cheek and getting back the answers, you know, you need to work with someone like Dr. Lowe who can take that amazing information and still know who you are, why you came to see her, what your goals are, what, what you bring to the table. So I just want to make sure everyone understands that no matter how amazing genetics is, it doesn't live by itself. And you still yeah. need someone with really good knowledge and experience to be able to work with it. Yeah. hundred percent. Love all of that. Yes. All right. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show and being my guest, educating us. And um, so you guys listening, definitely check out 3X4 Genetics. If you want to get some uh, labs done, you can reach us at shinenaturalmedicine.com. You can check us out. We get something scheduled. And even if you're not local, it's not an issue because it's just literally a cheek swab. So it can be as long you know, as it's in the USA. Yeah, if you're in the US, it's yeah. it's totally doable. So all right. Well, thank you so much again. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you for having me. Of course. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.